DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It is time to welcome in David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. The 9 a.m. Slacker radio headlines are brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. David, good morning. Hello, David. James, how are you? He's good. You're not good if you're not responding. Wow. <laughs> you're already. He's r- fumbling through papers to let us know who you're sponsoring. David Locke's weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. I can tell you. I'm brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team, who has a good amount of inventory coming in between now and December. It's been tough on cars. And the Murdochs also are not charging higher than MSRP on any cars at all. So stop by Murdoch auto dealerships chevy in woods cross and logan or in um the hyundai dealerships in uh logan linden and in salt lake city how's that humana 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 <laughs> there's also aren't i on some other line that's about the drought like come on can you remember that one too uh there's actually three reads for you but i'm not going to do three all at once you're not so we have to sneak so should i every five minutes be like stop Get your read in so you don't forget. <laughs> no, we'll be okay. All right, so game one is in the books. It turns out Rudy can still rebound, and Joe can still shoot three-pointers, and Jordan Clarkson is still instant offense off the bench, and Donovan Mitchell shocked everyone by only scoring two points in the first half but then got back to normal in the second half. So did you learn anything, or that was like uh, preseason game 2.0? They beat the Thunder. Let's move on. Uh, Thunder aren't good. Um, right. I think I do think that there, there's this funky little thing going on in the league. The unintended consequence of all the positives about the playing game is that I do think there's these franchises that are getting just making sure they're so bad that they're not in tenth place, right? Because if you're in twelfth or thirteenth, your fan base suddenly wants you to compete for tenth. So you've got to make sure you're really clearly in fourteenth or fifteenth um, place in in your conference. And I think Oklahoma City, Houston, and Orlando have done a wonderful job to make sure that's true this year. Um, so there's just some really bad, those teams are really bad. Um, um, you know, I actually, you know, let's add in that the coaching staff still makes amazing adjustments at halftime. Like they made a subtle little change to get Donovan going when being guarded by Lou Dort to open up the third quarter. It worked perfectly. I thought that, you know, just, yeah, Hey, we're really good. Like, right. Like our, the biggest questions out of our fan base right now are about Hassan Whiteside and how Jared Butler works in. So if you're worried about your, your ninth guy behind your historically great center and your tenth guy in a team that usually has a nine-man rotation, then you're really good. So what do you think of Whiteside? Um, I think what we're asking out of him is crazy hard, so let's start there, right? Like, So we just announced the top 75 players of all time, and I actually think Rudy, you know, in 10 years, they're gonna, you're going to wonder why Rudy wasn't on that list. Um, he's going to go down – in the modern in the modern era, to me, and maybe I'm forgetting someone. There's been four great defensive centers: Dwight Howard, Dikembe Mutombo, Ben Wallace, and Hakeem Olajuwon. And Mark Eaton probably gets in there somewhere, but like just those four to me are kind of, are the elite kind of. And fine, we can call Mark five um, are the elite elite defensive centers of all time. Like Rudy's going down is better than Mark. Rudy's going down, I think, is better than Dwight. I think Rudy's going but down better than Dikembe. Um, he might go down better than Ben Wallace, but that was pretty special. And the Lajuan was incredible. Um, and I think Lajuan, because he was, you know, was probably one of the 10 or 15 greatest players of all time, we've forgotten how good he was defensively. So we're talking about a guy who in the modern era is going to be one of the two or three best defensive players of all time. And we're asking someone to do exactly what he does every time. And we wonder why he struggles at it. So I think we have to understand that what we're asking out of Whiteside is virtually impossible 
um, to do, and I thought he did it fine. And over time, we'll see. I, what I don't know about Whiteside is whether he's a learner, right? So as Quinn teaches him and the coaching staff teaches him what he's doing, is that in his skill set to take in information and use it? Or does he, you know, when he played for Miami for five straight years and was good, well, that's un- he knew that system by the time. And then he was okay in Portland and he wasn't good in Sacramento. And so what it's very hard to bounce from team to team every year and integrate new systems and understand how to play. And I don't know where he is on that scale of being able to learn. Okay, but at the same time, I get the feeling he's not being asked a lot because he's not being asked to win the game. He's being asked not to lose it. And so if they go out there and trade buckets while he's on the floor, isn't that good enough? Uh, yeah, we were a little more than trading buckets with favors last year, even though we weren't good defensively. So we'd probably like a little bit more than that. I mean, he is playing with another all-star at Mike Conley or with an all-star in Mike Conley and playing actually usually with Mike and some of the time with Donovan. Excuse me, he's not playing with Mike. Mike's only playing with Rudy. Um, so he's playing with an all-star in Donovan some of the time and then with Jordan and Joe. So it's a pretty good lineup. We better be better than just trading baskets in that time period. I saw Conley didn't even play 25 minutes. Do you think it's a situation where if they don't need him to win the game, don't play him? No, I think their goal – I mean, I think Mike's a 32-minute player at this point in his career – and then anytime you can shave four minutes off that, it'd be great. So that's the reason why Jared Butler's playing. Um, and Trent Forrest is available tonight. It might be Trent Forrest tonight against De'Aaron Fox. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Trent Forrest didn't play. Um, so the, the reason you're playing those, that 10th man in the rotation right now is if you can sneak three minutes out of him in the, first, in the second and fourth quarters, and then suddenly you're taking Mike Conley's minutes down an extra – three to four or five minutes, that's a big deal by the end of the season. Right? right. If you do yeah. that yeah, yeah. 80 games, it's 400 minutes. So that's what I'm saying. So, so yeah, we, so we I, can expect to see more of it if the situation yeah. allows it. Yeah, I think the situation allowing it, though, you, the way you phrased it, PK, was if you're not, like, unless it's going to help you win. I think the situation is more of um, if Jared Butler and Trent Forrest can be productive in those short, tiny stints. Is you know, and not that's probably where DJ's break even is is correct, um, and not be detrimental to us. And then the other thing is you want to have either Jared Butler or Trent Forrest ready. You know, we have two back to backs coming up on Saturday Sundays on our upcoming road trips. I think we do what Chicago, Milwaukee, and Miami, Orlando. Is that right? On those two, like Mike's, I'd be really surprised if Mike played both those games. So on those nights, now you suddenly need twenty two to twenty four out of those guys, and. Um, and the, it's hard to ask a guy to sit for eight games and then play 24 minutes. So let's let him play six to eight and then play 24. Playing the Kings, Harrison uh, Barnes went uh, berserk and Buddy Heel shot it pretty well. The law of numbers, will it revert to the mean here? Or, uh, well, I or want, this is a 120-point game for the Kings if the Jazz aren't careful. Right. Yeah, so here's the great thing about working with Ron Boone. He's just the best, right? He's 75 years old and he could fully – check in and be like, you know what, actually, I've like pretty well established, I don't need to work. Like, But the exact opposite is that Ron Boone and I sit on the plane yesterday and watch the Kings um, Blazers game. So um, a few things on that. One, the Blazers really did not look particularly engaged. If I was in Portland, I'd be pretty concerned about what I saw in that game and the amount of defensive mistakes they made, particularly on plays involving Dame and CJ, where those guys have played together for a long time and are just like, don't 
it wasn't clear what they were doing was a little disturbing. So Portland did not put out a particularly good effort defensively in that game. Uh, The Jazz will put out a far better effort, so I'm not sure Harrison Barnes will get the same looks. Um, A lot of straight-line drives, though, in the half court. Like, we're going to have to guard our yard stuff is going to be a big part of this. They run a lot of action at the top where they're bigs trailing, and they kind of start it on one side, swing it to the other, and it's a lot of false action that just kind of breaks into one-on-one drives. Um, from them. And then they're the number one team in the league in transition, so you better get back defensively. I, I do think this. I think I don't know if they did if Sacramento did this because of the fact that um Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum were playing, but last year Sacramento was the worst team in the league against the pick and roll ball handler. And they threw kind of a tepid double toward it wasn't even, I don't know what it was, kind of toward Damian Lillard where two guys came off picks with him uh, but it wasn't really a double team. It was more of kind of a show and get back, but it was on too long to get back. So I'm not quite sure what I would call it. Um, it meant that Nurkic had 20 and Cody Zeller had a bunch. Like if they do that, Rudy could have 30 tonight. So they had the agent of um, Marvin Bagley complain that the Kings don't know what they're doing because they don't have him in the rotation. I think he got a DMP in the first game. But I thought, and I want to get your reaction to this, that the agent really blew it. If he was looking for the ultimate trump card to prove that the Kings management is beyond stupid, it would have been not to say that you're not playing Marvin as an example, but to actually use Marvin as an example by saying (laughs) you guys thought he was better than Luka Doncic. That's how stupid you are i actually think this is the first sign that they're you know trying to win i think they've been trying to win for a while but there there aren't a lot of metrics that marvin bagley helps you win well doesn't that prove how stupid they were that they thought he was more valuable that was the ultimate trump card the management would have said guilty as charged yeah what have you used the only thing that would have been hard though in that press release is whether you use luka Doncic or trey young or Jaron Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I would go Luke. I think he's better than Trey Young. I mean, nothing against Trey. He's a good, nice how about player. Dallas's, how about Dallas's debut under Jason Kidd last night? I thought of you. <laughs> I knew. You don't like Jason Kidd as a coach? No. He well, took a team to the finals, man. No, he didn't. Well, he's a player. He's never I mean. won more than 41 games as a head coach. I meant as a player. Oh, fine. He's never won more than 41 games as a head coach. And he had Giannis. A young Giannis. Come on. Be fair. Fine, then go look at his Brooklyn roster and tell me how he only won 40 games there. Because it was a transition team. It was not. I don't even know who's on Brooklyn's team. <laughs> He's just, he just wants Kevin to argue Garnett, with you. <laughs> Who was on that team? I can't remember. Darren Williams, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. Pretty good team. Oh, they were so old. And Williams was broken down. Come on, that's did obvious. You me, did you think of me more when Dallas had a bad night under Jason Kidd or when the Lakers looked as awful as they did on opening Well, night? you also pumped up Portland, so let's uh, you know pump the brakes on your genius. Um, that is fair. I do think Port- <laughs> Portland looked awful. Portland, Portland looked as the three teams I have not watched Dallas yet. The Lakers and Portland both looked disturbing. How about staff? Holy smokes. I went back, to, I can, I went back and watched... Uh, the first quarter but you last don't, night. But no. you don't see it with but, the Warriors. You don't know what everyone's getting all no, fired up about. Not to win the title. I mean, Steph's just amazing, though. Like, you can't, like, I was at dinner last night and we were talking about this and how the Warriors look, and I was like, the Warriors look fine because Steph's so unguardable that they have a four-on-three on every possession. He's just incredible. Like, Fair. there's never yeah. been anybody who's bent the game the way he has. It's amazing. They have a four-on-three on every possession. Well, they've got numbers, then. Right. We, so, were, we were discussing about uh, earlier this morning that is the advent of the three 
can you singularly point to Steph Curry as, without question, defining person and changing the game? Does it go beyond him, or how much do you put it on him? To what level? Um, I mean, he's the revolutionary player. But he also is, like, one of the greatest players of all time. So I want to... Like, he would have been great in any setting of any time. He's probably the modern Pistol Pete, isn't he? A little shorter, maybe? Yeah, I mean, but his handle is the best there is in the league, and his shooting is the best there is in the league. He's just, he's insane. Like, um, But yeah, he's the... Um, he revolutionized the game. Yes or yeah, no? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Do you consider I mean, him a point guard? Well, I, here's the thing where he's revolutionized the game that hasn't happened yet is that his generation of players hasn't entered the league yet. Like, I think that's the next thing that mm-hmm. happens here, is that the kids who grew up wanting to be, who were 10 years old when Steph Curry was great, are just about to start entering the league. And these kids are going to be shooting, for, they can shoot from everywhere. It's all they've ever done. Yep. Steve Cleveland has been telling us for a couple of years that when he goes to his grandkids' games, and, you know, it's not just their teams, but the other teams they're playing, or there's a tournament he sees multiple teams, he says everybody goes out, dribbles through the legs, between the back, behind the back, and into a, into a three off the dribble. And he said when he was coaching, nobody did that. Coaches didn't allow their guys to do that if he was at a high school game. Nobody really wanted to or thought about it. It is that whole transformational thing of these 8, 10, and 12-year-olds watching on TV, and then they want to go do it themselves. Right, and they can do it. Like they're gonna they're gonna figure out and the weight trains better so they can do it they're gonna do it no it's gonna be great I mean if you go to jazz practice right now they take a tremendous amount of their threes from five feet behind the line it's a part of their daily routine is taking their three point shots five six feet uh, behind the line because everybody wants to bend the defense and turn everything into four on threes three on twos yep. two on ones yeah yeah and and frankly the um. I was actually in a session once where I was giving an analytical presentation of what's next in the NBA, and my point was that the 30-foot three-point shot's a better shot than the 16-foot jump. So as the shot clock winds down, that should be your answer. Is launching, launching the, it should bring your three-point shooting down a little bit, but it's a better answer than pulling up for a contested 16-footer. So is that going to minimize the impact of the long athletic uh, shot blocker, not just a Rudy Gobert type, but no, even Giannis yeah, who defends everywhere because it's going to spread guys out and you're not going to be able to get to people to help? Yeah, I mean, the concern, I mean, tonight's a good test for us because the Kings were the number one team in transition last year. And the concern for us with Rudy, the, remember Roy Hibbert? Like Roy Hibbert got played out of the league. Rudy's way, way better than that. But the way Rudy gets minimized, in this is that all of a sudden everyone's shooting in the first six seconds of the shot clock and transition early shots from the three and you never play half-court defense. So you're never playing half-court defense ever again. So it's not just the deep three because I think Rudy impacts the deep three because for us, we'll, we can guard the deep three because we have Rudy in the middle. So we'll just step out with you. But it's the early three, early in the shot clock where suddenly everyone's shooting in the first five or six seconds of the shot clock at a rate. And I'm watching it. Actually, the first night of the NBA, it didn't happen. I was pretty surprised. The three-point rate wasn't up. It was up 0.5% um, from all of last year. So it's not, there didn't seem to be a wide jump. You know, usually you can actually, it's surprising how small a sample size you need. One night is too small, but it's surprising how small a sample size you need to see the trends in the league early in the year.
And so I'll, I monitor this kind of on a nightly basis. And it, as of right now, there doesn't seem to be a dramatic change. We're also, you know, one night in every team playing once. But um, we'll see. Two, two notes for you, if I may, before you um, kick me off your show. Um, tonight on the TV broadcast for the Utah Jazz, Holly Rowe will be the analyst. Thurl Bailey's got a wedding. And Katie Christensen will be the analyst on the Sacramento Kings. She's their full-time analyst. So it will be one of the first. It's happened, I think, three or four times in league history where the analysts on both sides of the broadcast will be women. So that's pretty great. Um, so I thought that's important. And then just on a societal level, go read the Salt Lake Tribune Deseret News. That article about the Davis School District should be read. It's 12 miles outside of Salt Lake City. We need to read those articles and understand what's going on. David Locke has joined us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows the 2022 budget planning for most businesses is already underway. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. There's a third one. What's the third one? Oh, no, I did two at the start and one at the end. Gosh, you're good. There you go. You notice you slide in, the sponsors served, the listeners served. Wow. There are few ever as good. When do you go into the Hall of Fame? That'll be up to you, David. You handle all that for me. You're the guy. You're the guy who took me to a bagel shop and offered me a minuscule amount of money to uh, get into this. Yeah, I'm responsible for a lot of you guys. Not PK though. Not my responsibility. (laughs) If he likes to tell me every time he sees me. (laughs) Thanks, David. When we come back, your feedback, the final word on a Friday. Next, stay with us.